0: You're listening to a message from Pastor Kenny Garrett, recorded at a live service at the General Baptist Church, God's House of Prayer, located in Fairborn, Ohio. Open your Bibles and stand with us this morning. Hebrews chapter 11. We'll talk today about modern humans and traditions being in America, a Christian in our modern world, we'll look into Hebrews chapter 11. We'll start there in verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen for by it the elders obtained a good report through faith. We understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Let me skip down to verse 5. It says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. Verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Will you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, for the time that you've given us for this chance that you've given us to assemble here, Lord. I pray that you draw us each closer to each other as you draw us closer to yourself, Lord. Anoint me to preach the message you've given. Anoint ears to hear hearts to understand and we will always give you the praise in Jesus name Amen you may be seated by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death in Genesis chapter 5 the scripture says and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him how do we understand this scripture today. Does it impact our walk with God and our relationship with the Lord and what we do on a daily basis and how we interact with the world around us? That there is a level of pleasing the Lord that uh, can produce this type of attention. I want you to, to really think about that and how much about you and I that God truly knows he knows us better than we know ourselves one of my favorite there's a lot of things in the book of Job but one of my favorite uh, scriptures throughout the book of Job is when God says simply have you considered my servant Job and those words that you read Uh, Denote an attention and a love uh, that's not found uh, anywhere else in other types of man-made religions and uh, whatever somebody's come up with. You don't see a God that has that type of attention to his people. But our God, a loving, real God does. He knows when we stand up. He knows when we sit down. The Bible says uh, that you can make your bed in hell and not Get away from the presence of the Lord. He knows everything. He is everywhere. Uh, long before we chose him, he knew about us. Now, for some of us here, that might uh, seem a little bit hard to, to fathom and to, to get our minds around because we were saved uh, for so long. And you've heard me talk about people that are saved from being near and far. And if you were near and you were saved at a young age, and we say praise the Lord, right? If you're further away from God, saved a little bit older, a little bit more backslidden, just as lost, mind you, um, that comes to our mind as a turning point, and we, we understand it then. Um, so it's hard sometimes for us to keep that in perspective, that there's a God that loves us and knows us, Even in those states, and even when people thought that there was no hope for me or no hope for you, that God still knew our names. He knew when we stood up. He knew when we sat down. He was intently focused on our lives for his glory, right? We have to add that last part for his glory so that we don't become all about ourselves, so that we don't turn what the Bible says about God in and of ourselves and make it a story about us, because we, as the church, have a responsibility to carry the gospel message. Now, over the years, that sometimes has become confused, uh, where the gospel message is the come-to-church message, and those two things are not the same. Right? Right? The gospel is the good news about Christ and what Christ did to reconcile sinners to God. So we, as the people of God, have to go out into the community, have to stand wherever it is we can stand, and say that the only God, the real God, who is holy, made us in his image to know him. That we sinned and we cut ourselves off from God, And in his great love, he sent his son Jesus to come as king and rescue his people from their enemies, more often than not their own sin. And he established his kingdom by acting as both a mediating priest and a priestly sacrifice. That Christ lived a perfect life and died on the cross, and he fulfilled the law when he took the punishment upon himself that was meant for you and I. Then Christ rose from the dead and he showed that God accepted his sacrifice and that the wrath against us had been exhausted, that now you and I could have relationship with God. And he calls us now to repent of our sins and trust in Christ alone for our forgiveness. And if we repent of our sins and trust in Christ, we are born again into a new life, an eternal life, a relationship with God. So in that message, we don't add anything to it. We don't take anything away from it. We don't say to people that they need uh, to change their habits or their hobbies. We say to them, you need to be born again, that you need a new life, that you need a, a Savior, a God that came down and knows more about you than your name. We realize that's our responsibility, to tell people that message. And we turn on the news today, we realize that our job just got harder, right? Our job just got a lot harder because our world was shook up, and that's an uncomfortable thing. Uh, There's time I was reading an article last night about uh, religious freedom, I believe it was out in California where the governor put their reopening phase, uh, they put the churches at the end of the list, and some pastors got together and decided they were going to move themselves up on the list of reopening dates, and they didn't care what the governor said. And I I didn't read enough about it to form a real opinion. Uh, I know which way I kind of lean, right, just hearing the headline of the article there's, a, there's a, a vast reality that our God is still real, still on the throne, our responsibility still exists, and it doesn't matter how things around us change, then you and I have to figure out how to carry our responsibility out to please God. And it's not done uh, by, by works. I don't want you to confuse that. It's not done by works. It's not done by keeping things the same. It's, be, it's done... In Romans chapter 8, it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You focus in on that term in verse 6. This is spiritually minded. Where you start to realize... That things that matter in heaven are a lot uh, bigger. If, if what we're doing matters in heaven, then uh, our responsibility on earth just got a lot larger. Does that make sense? That it doesn't matter uh, what is going on around us. Our focus should be eternal. Our lives continue on much longer after we're here. You and I have so much time on earth. And how we spend that matters. And if we're spiritually minded, life and peace, focused on life and peace, we focus on the eternal. We focus on those around us and their eternity. That we become very willing to tell them about a gospel. Or to tell them the gospel about a God that came and died for them. That they can have a new life. Not a change or a support group or find the help within. They can have a brand new life they can be born again so we must be spiritually minded with a broad view a worldly our carnal mind is very much on today I'll give you the example if we're looking at the things around us and the times that we live in and the prophecy that's in the Bible, you very well may be tempted to get your bunch of quarts of green beans and hide in the basement until the Lord comes. But to be spiritually minded, we start to look at what God has given us, at the eternal. We know that God's on the throne. We know that God's in control. Now, I don't say we abandon all reason. That's that's not where I'm going. But our priorities change to where we're looking after one another. We're not hiding under the bed with our green beans. We're up here working, right? We're checking on our neighbors. We know that God will take care of us. We know that we have each other, that we have together, right? We'll always have a little something across the street, the Lord willing. He's blessed us. Immensely in the position that we're in and we try to extend those blessings to those around us because our focus is on eternal things not temporary things although it seems like this has gone on forever it's only lasted a couple months now it probably will last a lot longer than any of us want it to but I, I can still promise you it's all temporary it's not going to last forever carnal mind focuses on things right now and if you change that to focus on God you'll start to see even the smallest of blessings being rooted and grounded in God's love for us and his greatness and his glory and his goodness it's not on things we've done or who we are works we'll get into this a little bit next week uh, more works and I think we understand it on a mental level but we need to get it even deeper within us works is evidence of our salvation we do these things because we know Christ we give because we have been forgiven fight against sin because we have been because we worship God, we have a relationship with his son Christ. And obeying Christ is part of that. It's only possible because of the salvation that's offered to us on Calvary. I oftentimes say that if you get a person to give up their sin, it's impossible on their own. I just don't think they can. It's it's uh, not within us to save ourselves, right? We need a Savior. Uh, you can't do it outside of God. Um, I'm always very interested in listening or hearing or reading or studying about the drug epidemic throughout America and what the church is doing because I think with, in, with my whole heart that inside the church lies the answer for that, Right? And it's the easiest thing to understand and to step back and say uh, that that God can fix this, right? Now we don't go to God just because he can fix this. We go to God for his goodness and his mercy and because we can't save ourselves. But, my, what a a capable God that we serve. He can fix things like addiction and broken homes, uh, marriages. He can fix finances. Uh, We trust him with the large things. Like raising us up from the dead We can also trust him with the small things That we're going through Or we'll squabble with D.P.N.L. Or veteran. In First John chapter 3 it says We know that we've passed from death unto life Because we love the brethren He that loveth not his brother abideth in death In Psalms chapter 147, it says, The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him and those that hope in his mercy. Well, we woke up this morning and started to church and realized that the the world we live in was scary three months ago, and it got scarier as 2020 ticked on. Um, It's a remarkable Remarkable joy, I find, to take peace and know uh, that the Lord still is, that he takes pleasure in those that fear him and hope in his mercy, right? So when you turn on, I don't even know who's on the news anymore. It's not uh, Dan Rather. Certainly not Walter Cronkite. I don't know who's, who's doing it. It's been a while since I've watched the evening news. But when you turn it on, You can sit back and know that the God you serve is in full control. That he'll see us through this. uh, That blessings will come. uh, That his uh, hope is eternal. His love is eternal. In Hebrews chapter 13, we'll close with this verse. It says, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. you stand with me this morning.